0: This is a particularly um, special solemnity for me personally because uh, this is the first uh, liturgical uh, celebration at which I ever preached. 10 years ago on the Ascension in 2011 was my first ever homily uh, as a deacon. And uh, two things, they haven't gotten any better and it hasn't gotten any easier. But um, this is a really important Feast that we celebrate and I I don't know if it's because in most of the country It's been transferred from Thursday to Sunday because we heaven forbid we ask people to go to church one more day out of the year Um, That or it because it falls, you know right before Pentecost which is such a big deal that maybe it's not seen for the importance that it holds But really, this, in in many ways, this is the feast that completes the Paschal mystery for Jesus in his human nature. Because this is where he has has suffered, he has died, he has risen again. And now, without this feast, none of us would be able to go to heaven. Because it is Jesus who brings the human nature perfected in himself and in his total surrender to God on the cross through the gates of heaven that opens the gates of heaven to the rest of us. If Jesus didn't ascend, uh, then we would all, everyone who dies would have to sort of sit and wait in some sort of a holding area for him to finally show up for the end of the world. And, um, you know, a lot of people have thought, I know when I was a kid, I used to think, well, you know, if Jesus died and rose again, wouldn't it just be so much easier for all of us if he just stuck around, right? Right. I mean, would any of us have any trouble denying his divinity if he were 200, or if he was 2,000, and, and you know, 25 years old, or however old he would be today? Um, I, I certainly know I would have trouble de- denying the divinity of Christ if he were still living in Jerusalem. Uh, but that's not really what what is you know what was what was intended. That was not what God wanted. Because one of the things that this feast, the Ascension, makes us do is ascent to the resurrection. It is in faith that we believe that this resurrected Christ, with his perfected human nature united to his divine and infinite um, body or soul and divinity, uh, it is it is that combination that rose into heaven that we profess in faith. It is really, truly believing, not just that there was a man, Jesus Christ, who suffered, died, and rose again, but that he ascended into heaven, and we consent in faith to his resurrection by consenting to his ascension, by accepting that it was necessary for him to complete his work on earth, for him to ascend into heaven. Because it is only once he ascends, only once he is Uh, brought to the Father and the Father seats him permanently at his right hand, that the Father and the Son united again in heaven, fully and completely are able to send forth the Holy Spirit who we will celebrate next week. And that, that spirit that has always been has always existed, that spirit that hovered over the waters when God was just beginning to create in the book of Genesis Can now come into the world and begin not just an active uh, work, because the Spirit has always been active in the world, but visibly active work. And most visibly and active in the sacramental life of the church. This morning I had the pleasure of baptizing five new babies, so we have five fewer pagans in the world today. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit Jesus Christ in me, the minister, and the Holy Spirit bringing these children new life. We had our uh, Spanish community First Communions today, where we see the Holy Spirit at work in the consecration of the body and blood of our Lord and the reception of that Eucharist, which gives us life. A couple of weeks ago, of course, we had our confirmations, where our, our eighth graders received the fullness of the Spirit. And all of that is made possible by Christ returning to the Father, It was never intended for him to remain here forever. It was always intended for when his Paschal mystery had completed, for him to return to the Father so that the Spirit could come down upon the nascent church, and the church could get to work. I mean, I love that that line in in the Acts, after Jesus is risen, and I just sort of picture all of them just sort of standing there, kind of staring, maybe shaking their heads. And then these two guys show up and say, what are you doing? Get to work. Jesus will come back, but that's not for you to worry about. You've got work to do. And work did they. Because of all of that, we're here today. They went out and they brought the the good news to the whole world. They brought it to every corner of the world. We celebrate today because of Jesus going into heaven, because of of those men clothed in white saying, get your butts in gear. You've got a world to convert. And that work continues even today in you and in me, because we also need to get our butts in gear. In many ways, there's a world as much in need of conversion now as there was 2,000 years ago. And we need to get to work in converting that world, first of all, by living our lives with greater joy and with a greater unity to Christ's heart and to his gospel. And secondly, by inviting, by inviting everyone we know to discover the joy of the gospel. When I, was first, when I first came back into the church, I apparently drove my sister-in-law crazy because I would go and visit my brother and his wife just outside of Philadelphia, and every Saturday morning, I'm going to Mass. Anyone want to come along? No. Every Sunday morning, going to Mass. Anyone want to come along? No. And I did this time and time again, and finally one day my brother confessed to me. He said, now don't tell Amy, because I don't want her to be upset. But you used to drive her crazy when you did that. And I said, well, what changed? And he said, well, I looked at her. And I said, you know, he found something that brings him so much joy. And all he wants to do is share it with you. What's so wrong about that? And, of course, my sister-in-law looked at him and said, well, now I feel like crap. (laughs) But the point is, we don't have to be totally in people's face. Just make the invitation and make it over and over and over again. And you never know what will happen, because someone else made that invitation over and over and over again to my niece, whose, brother claims, whose father claims to be an atheist. My brother, another brother, different brother. And at the Easter Vigil three years ago, I baptized her, because someone made the invitation. They weren't obnoxious, but they were joyful because they recognized that they were living in accordance with the call that they had received. That's what we all want to do. Live in accord with that call so that when our time on this earth is over, we can enter the gates that Christ opened by returning to the Father so that we can live the eternal bliss of heaven. In eternal presence of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, finally live in accordance with the call that we have received because our ultimate call is our call home. Home to our Father. Home to the heaven that is intended for each and every one of us.